tortoise. Hello, I'm Tomini, and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, the Afghan families taking the Home Office to court and what it tells us about the lives of the people who came to the UK after fleeing the Taliban takeover. That's after a short break. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today, I'm delighted that we're launching Operation Warm Welcome to give a warm welcome to everyone who has landed on our shores in recent weeks, but in the longer term as well, and make sure that with us, with our help, they can build bright futures in our country. In the summer of 2021, the Taliban returned to power in Afghanistan, and the UK government began to evacuate Afghans who had worked for British forces. We owe them a big debt of of gratitude and obligation, so it's right that they should come uh, to this country. A cross-government scheme was set up to help those people settle and integrate into society by providing things like English lessons, access to healthcare and accommodation. More than a year later, many of those people are still receiving support and a group of Afghan families are challenging the Home Office over its decision to move them from a hotel in London to one in the north of England. So this case is about a decision to uproot my clients hundreds of miles from the community that they were living in in Southwark um, after having lived there for over a year and moving them to an airport hotel on a temporary basis in a northern city with the result that their children are now out of education, some of them for, for over four months. Daniel Rourke is a solicitor at the Public Law Project. We are a legal charity. We help people to access um, public law remedies. That generally means judicial review. And we have a particular focus on immigration issues and welfare benefits issues, automated decision making and several other focus areas. He's representing the family of a man known as Abdullah, who worked for the Afghan National Army, serving alongside British and American forces. One thing that's quite important about this case to remember is that these families were invited to come to the UK last year as part of the evacuation in recognition of the bravery of people like Abdullah, my client. When Abdullah and his family came to the UK, they were given temporary accommodation in a hotel in Southwark, South London, and Abdullah's children started going to school. It was only due to the efforts of teachers at one of the local schools that the children were ever actually registered um, for education places and they ended up staying there for for well over a year. So uh, the teachers kind of went out, realised that there were all of these Afghan children living in the hotel, went out, registered them for school, kind of set up a special mixed age class where the children could focus first on learning English and then kind of graduate into the mainstream classes and be registered for kind of GCSEs and so on. 
Abdullah's eldest daughter was ready to sit her GCSE exams when in September 2022, they were told at short notice that they'd be moving to an airport hotel in the north of England. And all of this for a temporary move rather than a move to, to somewhere where they could start to build a life permanently. The decision to move them was made because the original hotel was no longer going to be used to house Afghan refugees. And it meant people who were relocated lost job offers, training opportunities and school places, as well as the support networks they'd built in London. So it was back to square one for Abdullah's family. They haven't received a lot a lot of support in registering for new for new schools and they've been told that they've been put on a on a waiting list and on one occasion he went out by himself and found a secondary secondary school um, that seemed willing to take the children and then that was overruled by the local authority who sort of in effect said you've skipped the queue you need to go back on the waiting list and just wait to hear from us the local authority did later offer a place to one of his children at a different school, but that was a long way from the airport hotel they now call home. It was sort of an hour and a half commute each day to get there. And as kind of a young woman who doesn't speak very good English in an unfamiliar city, she was sort of very worried about taking that journey by herself. Abdullah's daughter is now receiving remote sessions a couple of hours a week from her old school in London, which has kept her place open for her. So, where are they with their case against the Home Office and how unusual is their experience? Hello, I'm Jeevan Varsaga. I'm climate editor at Tortoise and host of a new podcast called Counter Crisis from the Centre for Disaster Protection a UK government-funded international organisation which works to change how the world plans and pays for disasters. If you've followed the news, you'll know that more people than ever are in need of humanitarian assistance. War and climate change are affecting millions, but the solutions haven't really kept pace. Finance is key. We saw during the pandemic that the countries that found it easiest to borrow money were the most able to respond, and not the countries that were the most affected. Across three episodes covering disasters, the losses caused by climate change and our response to disease outbreaks, I'm going to try and make sense of this. Why are the current ways we respond to crises inadequate and how can we do better? I'll be speaking to experts to rethink the recovery from crisis and find out why pre-arranged finance can help get aid where it's needed. You can listen now. Search for Counter Crisis wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the feed to make sure you don't miss an episode. The experience of Abdullah and his family, who are still living in a hotel, isn't unusual. According to the most recent data, more than 9,000 Afghans were still living in so-called bridging hotels in November 2022. The Home Office told Tortoise... The UK is proud to have already provided homes for nearly 7,600 Afghan evacuees. That means less than half of the people who came to the UK from Afghanistan are now living in temporary or permanent housing rather than hotels. The statement went on. We do not want to see families remain in hotels for long periods, which is why we are working at pace to move people into housing as soon as possible, so they can settle and find jobs. But as Abdullah's case shows, Whilst those people do remain in hotels, they live with the prospect of being moved long distances at short notice. Here's Daniel Rourke from the Public Law Project again. 
the Home Office has actually argued in court that the Home Secretary doesn't have any duty to, to consider the best interests of the children. They say that this isn't an immigration decision. Well, it's it's a package of support that made up a settlement scheme where the Home Office invited these people to come to the UK. So that that seems absurd to say that it's it's not you know her responsibility to consider the impact of the children who she is forcing to move hundreds of miles across the country. And the Home Office didn't really investigate or consider any suitable alternatives that would have enabled the children to keep attending their, their same school. There was sort of a blanket decision that all of the families would be, would be moved. But there are signs that things could be about to improve for families like Abdullah's. Since we started the case, the Home Office have now published a policy setting out how they will make these decisions in future to move people from one set of bridging accommodation to another and the types of factors that they will take into account which include education, employment, health reasons. That would provide much needed stability to people who were offered a warm welcome but feel they got a lukewarm one instead. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written and mixed by Emmy Harper. Tortoise. Hello, I'm Jeevan Varsaga. I'm climate editor at Tortoise and host of a new podcast called Counter Crisis from the Centre for Disaster Protection a UK government-funded international organisation which works to change how the world plans and pays for disasters. If you follow the news, you'll know that more people than ever are in need of humanitarian assistance. War and climate change are affecting millions, but the solutions haven't really kept pace. Finance is key. We saw during the pandemic that the countries that found it easiest to borrow money were the most able to respond, and not the countries that were the most affected. Across three episodes, covering disasters, the losses caused by climate change, and our response to disease outbreaks, I'm going to try and make sense of this. Why are the current ways we respond to crises inadequate? And how can we do better? I'll be speaking to experts to rethink the recovery from crisis and find out why pre-arranged finance can help get aid where it's needed. You can listen now. Search for Counter Crisis wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the feed to make sure you don't miss an episode. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.